0: Welcome to the Mackers Run with Sam Hargraves for Mackers, Juicy Angus Beef, and the Lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Mackers today.
1: Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Mackers Run, where we get you up to speed on everything that's making news in the world of sport today, all the major conversations that have occurred on the station across today, all the big opinions as well. And the Mackers Run is your chance to have your say on the news of the day. Give us a call, 1300 736 736, or you can text in on the Temper text machine zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen Temper and mattress like no other on the Mackers menu today Dr Lachlan Henderson the new chair of the Cricket Australia board has spoken to Jared Waitley George Bailey has spoken today about the white ball squad selected for the Pakistan tour Eddie Maguire has been on the station twice in 2 days and he spoke to Dwayne Russell about the response to his ideas in regards to the MCG redevelopment uh, and Justin Madden spoke to Gerard Whiteley about that as well today. There's plenty of news from Clubland. Essendon have announced their leadership group. Patty Dangerfield has spoken about uh, the next CBA and about whether the AFL and the AFLW players could combine their next uh, bargaining agreement. Hawthorne's head of footy Rob McCartney has been on the station today and there are plenty more to get through as well. one 736 736 to have your say on the news of the day. That and a fair bit more is on the menu, but the most important thing is what you have to say about the news today. If you wanted to get something off your chest, a little bee in your bonnet, something really tickled your fancy, or you've just got to get up on the soapbox now, is the time for you to do it. One 736 736. And it's great to have your company, however you're joining us, wherever you're joining us on the SEN network. I hope you've had as good a day uh, as you possibly can, wherever you've been putting it in, however you've been putting it in. Uh, let's start with Dr. Lachlan Henderson, the new chair of the Cricket Australia board. Uh, he spoke to Jared Whateley this morning, uh, and Jared asked him what success will be measured by.
2: You couldn't have asked for a more successful summer on the field. You know the the performance of our men's and women's elite teams. Uh, you know, is without parallel. I think in in the seasons that are, you know I've been watching, watching and enjoying cricket. So. You know, ordinarily that would be happy times all around. Um, but ha- other things happen in, in sport as they, as they do in business. And, you know, there has been change and, and some issues that have been dealt with off the field. You know, the, the measurement of, of hopefully my success in the role is that all the eyes are on the field and, and not off the field.
1: Dr Lachlan Henderson also spoke to Jared about what he wants from this board and what does a good board look like?
2: Boards have a have a broad responsibility as you know custodians of the game for, for however long we're here. We we uh, acknowledge that it's um it's about the game on the field and I think if um if boards can be like good umpires and you don't really notice <laughs> them then then hopefully the game's in in good shape.
1: Uh, didn't mind that one as well. Uh, he also spoke about what they're going to be looking for in the next coach.
2: We've been clear that it's a it's a, a single head coach is is what we're going to appoint, um, or is who we're going to appoint. I you know I think we need to work with whoever's appointed um, to work out how that might look down the track. So you know we'll reflect on on how things have, have gone in the past. I think it is worth pointing out that we've got significant uh, coaching leadership across cricket now we're both are. Uh, Affiliated with the with the national team and and obviously around our states as well. So, you know, it is a, it is a bit about the bench strength. And I think one one thing for certain in in sport and in business is that things will change over time. And whoever's appointed will have a very significant say in in how that plays out in the uh, in the months ahead. But it is worth pointing out it's an incredibly congested schedule over the next twelve to eighteen months, and it may be that uh, the the appointed head coach will will have a say. Well, the appointed head coach will have a say, but it may be that they're not available for every aspect of that schedule.
1: I found that really interesting. When we've just had a situation where, because of indecision, the decision for what Justin Langer did next was put back onto him with the insult of a six-month offer. No strong decision made about whether he was the right person or the wrong person. It was done... But via subterfuge, you know, the offer told him that he wasn't the person they wanted moving for, but they didn't have the fortitude to say that to him and say that publicly. And to hear that, to be told that, well, we'll, we'll do, we'll figure out what the coach, if I'm hearing this wrong, let me know. How did you hear this? It, it sounds to me like the Cricket Australia is saying that we'll work out what the role of the coach is with the next coach. I don't know. Is that the right way to do this? Or is it not to have it very, very clear before you appoint the next coach or coaches exactly what the role is? Because the last coach had a lot of ideas about how the role should look and the players didn't like any of it. Or not in, that, that's going a bit too far. But there was a lot that they didn't like because they wanted change. So it really doesn't matter what the next guy thinks. It's, we've been shown that it's what the board wants And what the players want. And really, we've been told it's what the players want. Because Crash Craddock said the board would have reappointed Justin Langer if not for the players. So why are we getting the coach to write their own job description when the last coach tried to do that and was punted? Anyway, we'll get George Bailey's view on that in just a moment. But he he did detail exactly what the process would be about appointing the next coach.
2: That that process is underway, Jared, and and um, you know is it, is happening as we speak. So there'll be a, there'll be an appointment made um, at an appropriate time, um, but it will we won't be a won't be a lengthy process.
1: Is an appropriate time before the tour of Pakistan?
2: Uh, it's likely that the appointment will be made uh, well after the the players. Uh, and the team uh, arrive in Pakistan, so I don't have the exact date uh, on me, um, but I know that process has begun, and you know, there needs to be uh, a very, uh, a thorough search of of all the available candidates, and, and they need to to go through that process as well.
1: Dr. Lach- Dr. Lachlan Henderson, the new chair of the Cricket Australia Board, with Jared Whiteley, uh earlier today, sen.com.au to hear the full chat. Jared asked him if he thought that Pat Cummins is. Um, I suppose public image had been damaged by the fact that, due to the way that, and I'm not paraphrasing, but I, I, the uh, the question was if Pat Cummins' image had been tarnished by the events that had unfolded with Justin Langer.
2: I don't think so, but you know that's that's for for others to judge. I thought he spoke uh, incredibly well when when asked um, for his views, and and um, I think that was an impressive display that um, that has become characteristic of him.
1: Yeah, I think it was an impressive display from Pat Cummins as well, but I think I would make the point again that he shouldn't have been in a situation where he had to get up and defend himself. If the Cricket Australia board had been really strong with their decision making and messaging, it wouldn't have been put back on him to do that, even if. As we know now, that he did have a, play, a a role in providing feedback about what they wanted and the change that they wanted in the coach. Uh, Dr. Lachlan Henderson also spoke about uh, the small crowds that were at the T20s between Australia and Sri Lanka.
2: Yeah, it, it's a challenge, Jared. I think that um, you know it's, it's a congested schedule now. One one of the things that we're keen to work on uh, as a board, you know, and working with our management team is to see how much clarity we can get in the summer in terms of you know, shield cricket all the way through to our international cricket. The tests are always successful, and I think that's because they have a, a schedule that's pretty well known. You know that um, from November, December and into January, you'll you pretty much know what the schedule is going to be for red ball cricket. White ball cricket's a bit different because we do have to fit in around a whole lot of other commitments for our players and teams both locally and and internationally so one of the things i'd like to see over the time of a future tours program is is a little bit more certainty around when cricket is played in in its particular formats and maybe the the recent series um, you know is, is a reflection of that having said that i was at the mcg on on uh, on sunday just gone and 20,000 in the crowd at the mcg mm. might sound like much but when uh, when sri lanka is winning with a with a big crowd of Sri Lankan supporters at the MCG, it was a pretty good atmosphere.
1: It was a great atmosphere, the 17,000 that were there, um, but were predominantly Sri Lankan fans. So I think as great as that was and how wonderful they were and, and brilliant the atmosphere was, I couldn't agree with that anymore. It's still a concern that we had an away team that was supported far and away. More than the local Australian team. That's never been the case in international white ball cricket in this country. Uh, Dr. Lockie Anderson, the big questions about what happens with the Big Bash. Uh, he spoke to that with Jerry Whateley as well.
2: I think you're right. It's been an incredibly successful product over a decade. Um, you know, we we need to look at how we can renew and, and refresh the Big Bash. You know, we did a pretty good job. Our our teams on and off the field just to get. The season's underway in in twenty 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 one and and twenty one twenty two for the the men's and the women's game. You know my my home state in WA, the Perth Scorchers won. You know playing one game at home, so you know a, an amazing performance on the field. But fans in WA didn't see um, much cricket at all. So you know there, there's elements of of what we've got to look at in a context, as I've said. Um, but I think we we do look forward. We look at we look at how we can reinvigorate the game. It's a great product. You know, it'd be, it'd be ideal to have more internationals playing in the Big Bash. It would be ideal to, you know, the the home and away season um, back on again in in whatever way and, and shape that looks. So I think all of those things need to be looked at by by the people in the game and very close to the game.
1: Do you have the necessary flexibility with the television
2: rights deal that's in place? So we have a responsibility to work, you know, with our with our broadcasters and, and sponsors and others to to ensure that they get value for money. So, you know, we'll be making sure that we work with them, and and they'll be pivotal in in those conversations before any any changes
1: are made. So, Dr. Lachlan Henderson with Jerry Whateley, SEN.com.au. The cynical me, which I was told not to be, and I am still taking that on board. We had a caller call in and say, give the bloke a chance, and I absolutely think that's the, the right way to go about it. It did concern me when he said, I'm only just in the role, and so I don't have all the answers yet on the Big Bash, and I don't have, um, I don't have a handle on it just yet. Um, words to that effect, and, I, and it did just strike me that he has been on the board for three years, but again getting his feet under the desk, getting around what needs to be gotten around. So hopefully in, in the due course, we'll have some clear and definitive answers uh, on all of this. Just before I get to Barry and Eltham, when it comes to the role of the coach, which seemed very unclear uh, in that conversation that Jared had, George Bailey, who is uh, the select, head selector with Cricket Australia now, uh, and announced the white ball squad, and I'll go through that squad in a moment for you. He spoke about the clarity that's needed on the coaching role. You know, i do
2: think ca need to be really clear on what what they're after from the from the the coach and that coaching role itself um and i and i don't i don't know what comes first there do you if you find if you find your preferred coach and and work with them to find out what suits them best or whether you you um define the um the setup that you're after and then try and find people to fit into that into those roles. Essentially, what you're after is you, you're trying to find the the very very best person for the role, and you and and you want to keep them in there as long as um, as long as possible. Um, so if if that does mean that they don't do absolutely every tour, um, then that that's fine.
1: So we will just wait and see how that all unfolds. Barry's in Eltham. G'day, Barry. G'day,
0: Sam. Uh, lovely show. mate. Thank I, you. I was impressed by. Uh... I was impressed by the Chairman George Bailey is the best chairman of selectors we've ever had in my opinion he's
1: great isn't he what
0: what concerns me is uh, the politicization of the whole process the uh, the Chairman George is speaking in politically correct tones and but but the thing that bothers me most of all is they've given Pat Cummins uh a responsibility as the captain of the team to to basically choose the coach and uh i think that that pressure will kill him i really do and that's that's a mistake from from my point of view
1: yeah and we'll just have to wait and see how it how it plays out barry but but i have that fear i i share some of those fears as well for Pat Cummins, he's, he's four test matches into his captaincy and it seems like um, he's been, I, I'm a bit with you, I'm, I'm not rapt for him about the position he's been put in. I think that when he got up and spoke, he did a brilliant job and I love him as a cricketer. I think he's clearly a, a, a very, very good human being. One of our, you know, he will go down. You can just, the way his numbers are tracking and the way his performances are going, he will go down as one of our greatest I have the same fears as you, and I hope that they don't come to fruition. I, I really do. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I really hope that we're proven wrong um, and that it it doesn't have the effect that... I mean, if it was me, I, I would be hating the, the way that that's all gone down, but that's just me. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got to get to a break and come back. Uh, the squad for the uh, One Day Internationals and the T20, there's only one of them being played. It'll be Finch as the captain, Sean Abbott, Ashton Agar, Jason Berendorf. Alex Carey, Nathan Ellis, Cam Green, Travis Head, Josh Inglis, Marnus Labashay, Mitchell Marsh, Ben McDermott, Kane Richardson, Steve Smith, Marcus Stoinis, Adam Zampa. So no Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark. No Matty Wade. He's only playing in the shortest form of the game at the moment. There's only one T20. You'd expect Inglis to get the gloves in that T20 as they continue to bring him up uh, through the ranks. And no Glenn Maxwell either. We'll try and find out if George Bailey addressed that in the presser as to why no Glenn Maxwell. I've got a feeling it's because of his wedding. Oh, that would be my assumption, that it's because he's actually getting married. Uh, but I'll, we'll just double-check on that uh, as well. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your say on the news of the day. This is the Macca's run. Uh, and make sure you get that MyMackers app as well. Welcome back to the Mackers Run. Your say on the news of the day, 043398 1116. There's a heap of texts that have come through off the tempered text. would love to hear from you though. 1300 736 736. Just some of the, these are just a snapshot of the texts that have come through uh, after we heard from Dr. Lachlan Henderson, who was on with Jerry Waitley today, sen.com.au, to hear the full chat. We heard a little bit of George Bailey as well when he was asked about the role of coach when he announced the white. White ball squad for the T20 legs, uh, the white ball legs of the Pakistan tour that gets going next month. Uh, this is from Daniel in Lilydale. Even without the IPL stars, the white ball squad selected for Pakistan looks pretty solid. Green and Berendorf are great inclusions. I feel confident we'll perform well in all formats, at least a drawn series in the tests. Uh, David says, I honestly don't think the board knows what the role is when it comes to the coach. I David's referring to, based on them not knowing what the role of the coach is. Uh, why wasn't Maxwell picked for the test matches for the Tour of Pakistan? And what has Travis Head done to get picked? That's from Justin. I've, my belief is, and we'll have to go back and check through what, Glenn, uh, what uh, George Bailey had to say. My belief is that it's because Glenn Maxwell's getting married. So I think that, would, that makes him unavailable. Uh, Travis Head has a very good BBL record. Hasn't played for a while uh, for Australia in in the white ball format, but uh, obviously he was the, the player of the Ashes. Um, so I don't have any issue with him being selected. I don't think he'd be in the starting 11, but uh, he's a very good backup in case they need it. Uh, Ron Tatura says, I think they want the coach that does what the captain says. answer is, George, should the coach and chief selector? Uh, answer is, George, should the coach and chief selector? Uh, uh, sorry, Ron, I, I don't know if I'm reading that right. Ron Intetura. Duna says, uh, hard to argue with that summation, Sam, until a crop of current players and staff are retired and writing books or sporting, or doing sporty gigs. We may never know what has actually happened and why. Good to hear from you, Duna. Good man. Uh, CA and players want McDonald, and he has said that he didn't want the job full time, so they are letting him mould the job. Um, my The reports were that, uh, that some of the senior players, uh, Pat Cummins being one of them, were keen on uh, Trevor Bayliss, who's been with uh, the Thunder this year, um, but Henry McDonald very highly regarded as well. Uh, Dean, good evening. Happy Richie Beno Day today. Twenty two zero two two two. I thought we would, that was the other day that we, so the Richies tried to get that up, but I did see um, Grandstand today put out uh, one of the great Richie Beno lines, and I love this. And you can text through your favourite Richie lines if you'd like. Uh, And I'll read them, because I love him. Uh, And Glenn McGrath dismissed for two, just 98 runs short of his century. That's some very sharp stuff uh, on Richie Beno Day. Apparently, too, today's date is both a palindrome and an ambigram. Can be read the same way, forward, backwards, and upside down. Isn't that something? There we go. That's a little bit of information that you didn't have coming in, and, and I don't know if you've made your life any better now that you have... Um, actually heard it, but one three hundred seven three six seven three six, and this was from Sir Swamp Thing. How's this um, for a little bit of Moulder and Scully stuff? Richie Benoit played sixty three Test matches for Australia. In those matches, the score went past two for two hundred and twenty two twenty two times. <laughs> He's the only reason I have a Twitter account, Sir Swamp Thing. Um, Twitter is a toilet, but luckily there is a swamp, and that is the swamp thing. Uh, you've got to get on him. If you're not following him, he, he will make your life statistically better. Uh, a couple more off the text, zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other. I'm a younger cricket fan who is always on social media, and I assume the T20 series was overseas because there was no advertising at all. Uh, David says, How can they still be working out the process? Incompetent. Uh, Sammy says, Azza, Cricket Australia is a laughing stock. How can you appoint someone to a position without having a PD for that position? Just another male, uh, nail in the board's coffin. Cannot operate an organis- or organisation like that. Uh, that's from Azza. Thank you, Azza. Uh, Ron says, "Sounded a little bit like rules and rolls on the run to me. Again, tail wagging the dog. Nothing new from CA. Just a lot of people just don't have a lot of faith. It's part of the broader conversation about why we don't tend, to, we don't seem to love. I watched the Sri Lankan fans just in adoration of their team. We don't have that same level of adoration and love for our cricket team like we maybe once did." Um, Ron and Tatura says, Lockie, Dr. Lachlan Henderson, I think he's referring to it, needs to tell us something we don't know. The answers were blah and didn't have any vision. Boring. Uh, Someone said the coach is not even above the 12th man. Uh, And David says, on form, how can they continue to pick Finch? Is it Cummins making a captain's call? And off the text, Cricket Australia was in deep trouble. And this is interesting. Wish Cricket Australia was not biased to Victoria. (laughs) What? Is that someone from New South Wales taking the P155? I'd like to know that. Uh, Good thing about Richie Benno, he let the pitchers do the talking. Um, That's from Dean. I like that, Dean. zero four double three ninety eight uh, eleven sixteen off the temper text temper mattress like no other MCG still a big conversation and the proposed redevelopment of the great southern stand Eddie McGuire was on again today with Dwayne and i 'm going to play you um, his thoughts on how some of his ideas had been received and the feedback that he 's got and and exactly what he wants a full summary of everything he thinks should be included uh, in the new redevelopment you can have your say on the news of the day on the maccas run for the my maccas at 1300 736
3: 736 and i think the other thing we have to keep in mind is we're not knocking the mcg far from it and i've had a lot of response positive response from the melbourne uh, cricket club over the last 24 hours it's the fact mate, that we, we, we can make this better and continue to evolve and just continue to look forward. If it's too dear, that's fine. But let's start with what's the best thing we could come up with and see if we can work it out.
1: Eddie Maguire, two days in a row for Eddie. He was on with Jared yesterday, um, giving his... Views on uh, what he'd seen over in the U.S. at the Super Bowl with SoFi Stadium, and what he'd like to see happen, and and how big we need to go in uh, our ideas to come up with how we redevelop uh, the Great Southern Stand and the MCG uh, overall. And uh, he was on again with Dwayne today, twenty four hours after, just to give an up, just to give an idea about how the how it had been received, and that was some of the feedback he'd got. And he spoke about the changing world we live in.
3: And I don't think people quite realise just how quickly, uh, you know, the telecommunications and the game day experience, et cetera, is taking off around the world. And we need the MCG, as you said, to be the number one stadium in the country and by a fair way.
1: Uh, Eddie also gave detail about exactly uh, what he would like to see happen. This is his shopping list, essentially.
3: I have put a couple of notes down, right? These are the things that I think we should look at. Large general public area. New club seats and super boxes, new function rooms, medical infrastructure within the stadium. I don't know why we have to go to a hospital. Why wouldn't you do an MRI at halftime if somebody's been cleaned up? We can have all that there. And that, of course, brings bigger sports and other sports to our stadium. Make the stand a a seven-day-a-week concern. Link into the precinct and the infrastructure already there. Connect directly to the railway, preferably moved up to the stadium. So I want you to go on Google Earth and look where Richmond Station is and see what would happen if we moved across and that also then gives us the air rights to actually sell to, to make some money to build all these things. Um, what else? State-of-the-art audio-visual. Well, that was the highlight that came out of uh, this year's Super Bowl. Um, a proper design for concerts, larger theatre and special events. 5G, 6G, 7G. The super screens are in the ground. Must be better than staying at home, as you said. Sydney passed on a roof. Let's give it to them properly. Let's have two stadiums if this works. Let's give it to them. We have to get into it now broadcasts no longer can afford to washouts and rain delays as i said it protects the players we don't know what climate change is doing to anybody at this stage mate but what we have to be careful of is that we don't become a a, a second or third rate stadium city in the next 10 years so that's basically it mate there's plenty of Mm. things we can do hospitals hotels media center um and and the development over the richmond rail yards etc there's plenty to contemplate and and lots to look forward to in the future but look they're all ideas. We don't have to do any of mm. them. And certainly, you... certainly, we're not trying to say we won't build a hospital because we're going to build a footy ground. But you know what? I wouldn't mind enjoying myself before I need to go to the hospital too.
1: <laughs> Eddie McGuire with Dwayne Russell today. Two Eddie's, uh, two Eddie appearances in 24 hours on SCN. Those that's the shopping list for Eddie at the moment and, and there's a lot of great ideas in there there isn't one that I thought oh I don't know about that I actually think they all make a lot of sense one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen 736 736 98 to have your say on that uh, the Macca's run of course now Justin Madden who uh, played in premierships at the MCG former minister for sport he's a registered architect as well uh, was on with Gerard Waitley earlier on today you'd uh, to hear that full chat and also Dwayne's full chat with Eddie uh, uh, this is what Justin Madden uh, had to say in regards to the MCG uh, and its relationship to the city.
4: You know, I, I think it's one of the, the great venues in the world because it has such a significant history. It's, the quality of it is magnificent. Uh, it can always be improved, though. The scale of it, you know, just the sheer size of it, to sit 100,000 people is pretty remarkable. But it's also the location. You know, most venues of that type around the world are are not on the doorstep of the city, so that that's a considerable advantage in terms of just getting people in there to the ground, but also the relationship to the city, and uh, it's about enhancing that rather than detracting from it. One of the other issues about the Great Southern Stand, by comparison to the Northern Stand, um, which some might appreciate, is the Northern Stand, the back of it faces the city, so the views from the corporate hospitality or the dining rooms or the the, you know the members' areas have got a view onto the ground, but they've also got this magnificent view back to the city and um, the, the cityscape. The view in the other direction across the the rail yards is not necessarily as attractive. So yeah. it's about, um, and that's why you've got some some big masonry walls on that side and big ramps because it, you know, there's but that also locks in the back of the stadium. So there wasn't necessarily the the, the necessity to capture any great views from the great the back of the Great Southern Stand, but you know that might change over time, and, and it's what you do beyond that too across those rail yards in the future. It's a big ask, isn't it? But um, I, I think the great advantage of the MCG is that it, um, you know you you are in the fresh air, and of course fresh air is at a premium these days, isn't it? Yes. particularly over the last couple of years. So that, I think that's a that's still an advantage that people are you know in the fresh air, enjoying themselves and feel like they're outside. But I suppose the, the issue for the, uh, those that program our television networks and our, our streaming services and media is they want the best quality product to produce on the, on the screen for people at home. So, you know, that was sort of very much the logic of uh, the Dockland Stadium. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily have a, the same sort of feel. So you don't want to lose the feel that the MCG has and has always had. As an outdoor venue, um, but you want to provide you know the, the best product on the day, so uh, people elsewhere who are enjoying it in front of a screen can get a, a premium product as well.
1: Sort of covered all bases there, didn't you Justin? Man, it's exactly I think the conundrum that a lot of us are feeling, and you might be feeling that as well. That you can see every advantage to having a roof, but then you can also you can also see on, like I said last night, that the view that we're able to have when the sun was setting. Over the T20 international between Australia and Sri Lanka, and there's all those oranges and purples and pinks and yellows up in the sky. It is, it, it does grab you. It does it does you know get a an it does strike get a response from you because it is such a beautiful um, sky above, um, and you wouldn't want to take that away. That's why I like the roof that's at SoFi Stadium. If you can have it where it's a clear roof, you can still see. You can still have fresh air coming in. You can you know you're not completely closed out. Um, I think that's the right look if you're going to put a roof on. One three hundred seven three six seven three six or 16 eight eleven sixteen. It is pretty exciting um, the prospect of what that stadium uh, could be. And there are those who think it's fine just the way it is. But you know, this is looking like getting done maybe 2027 before 2032. By that stage, it will absolutely be out of date, and it will be about, um, it'll be about it'll be about between 30 and 40 years since it was last done. I don't have the dates up in front of me. 1992 was when it got done the first time. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Justin's in Coburg. who wanted to talk about Glenn Maxwell. G'day, Justin.
3: Hey, how are you, Sammy? Good, mate. Good. Um, just quickly, um, I heard, I, um, I think... Uh, earlier today that um, Cricket Australia announced the test squad for the upcoming test matches uh, for Pakistan.
1: Yeah, the, the test squad was out a little while ago, but yeah, the, the one day and the T20 squad was announced today.
3: Yeah, um, I'm just wondering, why didn't Glenn Maxwell get picked for either of them, and um, Travis Head got picked for the t- uh, test series... Um, and Glenn Maxwell didn't. What? Why wasn't he picked?
1: Well, uh, Travis Head, thanks for the call, Justin. Greatly appreciate it. Travis Head's a walk-up start for the time being because he was the player of the Ashes. Um, he was the first player to, to get a century and he did it in a session, which we haven't seen happen before. I think it's we haven't seen that happen before in Ashes. I'll double-check that. G- Actually, Gilly might have done that. Um, there is a there is a stat, someone will tell me, uh, off the temper uh, in regards to a, a century in a session. Um so he's there's no drama there at all. He's earned his spot, Travis Head. Glenn Maxwell, For a lo- there's a lot of people, and I've had this chat with Chuck Berry on air many times during uh, the BBL coverage, that countries like India and England laugh about the fact that we don't play Maxwell in tests. They see him as a player that is a match winner, an X factor. You take the good with the bad, but they believe that you will win more than you'll lose with him in your side. Um, for, for whatever reason, um, the selectors at the moment just don't have him... In there, it would look, it would appear, and hey, maybe a new coach will think very differently. If it's Andrew McDonald coached him at Victoria, um, Maxi's playing uh, for Victoria tomorrow. At the moment, it would appear that he hasn't been in their plans. He's made centuries on the subcontinent um, in Test cricket. But the other reason why he wouldn't have been picked and the other reason why he's not in the white ball form uh, of the tour is because he's been given leave for his wedding. So that's I've looked at the Cricket Australia website and that's exactly why uh, he won't be there. It'll be fascinating to see um, what just might be in the future for Glenn Maxwell under uh, a new coach. Uh, a couple off the text before we uh, come back with uh, the last segment of the Maccas run. At 7 o'clock tonight... Um, AFLW action, Gold Coast and the Western Bulldogs. I'm absolutely jumping out of my skin to be able to call my first AFLW match for the year. I've been doing uh, NBL, WNBL, Big Bash International Cricket over the summer. Myself and Paul Groves, uh, the Dogs uh, coach when they won the AFLW Premiership in AFLW 2. We'll be taking you through that one. Uh, Richie Day should be April 2. 2 for 22. Yeah, it's Macy in Tasmania. I quite like that as well. I would have liked it. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of leaning towards that. Yeah, two for 22. I mean, that's the iconic line. Uh, Ron from, from Tachira meant that George Bailey should be both coach and selector. So there's an idea from Ron. Uh, from Daniel, it's amazing how little people know about cricket. Maxwell hasn't played first-class cricket, let alone tests, in two and a half years. Langer was asked to stand back after being thrashed by India C, Bangladesh, and West Indies. I um, don't know if... I would just double-check there whether Justin Langer was actually coaching in the west indies and bangladesh series i've got a feeling it might have been one of the assistants maybe of an andrew mcdonald but i'll double check that amazingly they won a world cup and ashes straight afterwards if a personality in business doesn't suit the high flyers they are moved on why should it be any different in sport social media is to blame for 90 percent of people's in air quotes opinions stand by your country and team not what barry on facebook told you Uh, that's from daniel uh, heard Eddie's words, Savo. Eddie is spot on. Time to have a roof on the MCG before New South Wales takes an AFL final. They're upgrading ANZ Stadium. So is Brisbane for the Olympics. Um, and off the text, waste of space where the trains are. They need a bridge and put another AFL ground on another multi-purpose stadium. Uh, just a few of your texts coming through, 0433 98 uh, The temper text, temper mattress like no other. We'll get to some footy news in just a moment. for for Essendon fans, you might not have heard, uh, Dyson Heppel's been reappointed as Essendon captain. It'll be sixth season in doing so. Andrew McGrath and Zach Merritt are his two vice captains. And that's it. They have followed uh, the Cane Corns, the Adam Cooney, uh, that oversized leadership groups do nothing. So they've gone with a a more streamlined approach, just the old-fashioned captain and a couple of vices. Wasn't that what it was when we were in juniors? He had a captain, a vice, and a deputy vice. And in the end, no one knew what a deputy vice did, so you'd have two vice captains. That's how I remember it, from juniors, under-18s, and for most of my footy life. And then we went to these big, expanded leadership groups, and now a lot of clubs are bringing that back in, um to a a uh, a more smaller circle and for doggie's fans Sam Darcy um is going to not be available for selection as they take a very cautious approach with him uh until about halfway through the season so um that is due to uh that is due to uh an avicular bone foot stress injury that he uh copped Late in 2021. So uh, Chris Bell, very good man. Uh, The Western Bulldogs said, Given Sam uh, is a developing young athlete with a bright future, we want to make sure that we are conservative in his management and take our time to build a resilient and durable athlete. The management plan in place for Sam will have a long-term approach and the club will confirm whether uh, whether this involves games in the second half of the season once we accurately track progress over the coming months. Uh, Toby McLean and Josh Bruce are progressing well with their ACLs, but Bailey Smith and Alex Keith will not be available for tomorrow's um, unofficial prackey match between Essendon and the Bulldogs. So a little bit of footy news there, and we'll finish off a little bit more on the other side of this. This is the Macca's run.
2: As a premiership teammate, though, are you disappointed that he's gone to ground and he's not in, you know, not communicating?
5: No, I mean, that's his personal decision and, um, you know, he's working through um, some things at the moment. And like I said, as a playing group, we support him as a playing group, his decision. Um, but the club's dealing with that. It's between him and the club at the moment. So the players support him and reach out to him um, where possible. But, yeah, I wouldn't say we're disappointed. It's his choice.
2: Why are you supporting him if, if he's hurting the team? He's a premiership teammate. You're all supposed to be in it together. Why are you continuing
5: to support him? I mean, it's his decision, right? Everybody's got a decision whether they want to get the vaccine or not and he's decided not to. So I don't think that we can be disappointed in that. Um, We can support, we support, we support him and um, what he wants to do, but um, it's hard to support his decision, but we support him as an individual.
2: Don, mentally, is the playing group preparing for life without Jack?
5: Is that what you're doing at the moment? Um, Not necessarily. I mean, we're, we're... in the middle of preseason at the moment, and we're trialling at different things like different things like we always do. Um, it's not necessarily preparing for life without Jack, but you know, to some extent, it's going to get to that point um, if that comes to it.
1: Uh, so that is Dom Sheed speaking uh, at a presser today. Uh, the West Coast Eagles uh, Premiership midfielder, um, Premiership winning. Midfielder. Um, speaking about Jack Darling and uh, the West Coast Eagles still being uh, unsure about where his future lies in North Melbourne in a similar situation with Jed Anderson who has come back to Melbourne uh, from Darwin and there's a belief that maybe, just maybe, he will look down the Novavax um, pathway so still very much up in the air the futures of those two particular players but Dom Sheed um, was very strong in his support of teammate Liam Ryan whose family was subjected to some pretty abhorrent um, abhorrent racial abuse.
5: Yeah we saw the Liam Ryan thing happen and that's it's disgusting really like there's no other way of saying it it's, it's unacceptable and yeah it's, it's disgusting to see and Liam had the day off yesterday to be with his family and you know, this this stuff continues to happen, and it's just not good enough. Um, you know, for him and his family to go through that yet again and, you know, for it to continually happen to players, not only in the AFL but across the wider community, it's disgusting.
1: Yeah, couldn't have said it any better myself. I had a call last night asking why that sport involves itself in, in social movement. That's why. Because we still have things like that happening. So that's why sport Leads is trying to lead the way Yeah, in being an agent of social change. Um, and well done to Dom for speaking up and supporting uh, his teammate. Uh, A lot of the AFLW sides releasing their Indigenous strips Western Bulldogs who are playing next uh, against the Suns uh, did that today NBL um, a fantastic initiative for Indigenous pathways uh, to get more Indigenous players playing basketball Uh, it's well worth having a listen to that. Dwayne Russell spoke about it today and all the teams have released their Indigenous strips for Indigenous round which is the next round of NBL Uh, Paddy Dangerfield spoke about uh, whether or not that AFL and AFL W players would combine at the next CBA, bargaining uh, for the next CBA. Since Whilst the
5: there's a great rotation. notion behind combining the CBAs, it's not worth it unless it's of real benefit to them. It's more than just viewership. It's more than just entry and, and gate fees um, you know, when assessing the, the value of AFLW.
1: He also spoke about AFL player, AFLW players going full time.
5: I think that's definitely the the, the, the plan. The competition was was rushed through by the AFL and it's sort of understandable as well. The job now is to make sure that we can bring it professionally forward as as quickly as possible.
1: Paddy Dangerfield there. And this was interesting. I actually won't have time to play Rob McCartney, footy boss for the Hawks, who said that Hawks will definitely be seen to be taking the game on a lot more under Sam Mitchell. That gave Dwayne um, the ability today to have a chat about all the things he'd seen in the practice matches, which teams were playing like what, and what he'd seen in terms of game plan for a lot of the teams. There's the unofficial cracky matches starting tomorrow, and Western Bulldogs, and then Thursday, Carlton and St Kilda, Brisbane Adelaide, Gold Coast, Port Adelaide, Collingwood, Hawthorne, Sydney GWS, all across the weekend. So you'll get a chance to see how your teams are going on KO. AFLW action up next. Suns, Dogs, Metricon. I'll see you on the other side of this.